Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. This is Barbecue Nation After Hours, the conversation that took place after the show ended. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey everybody, welcome to After Hours here on Barbecue Nation. I'm JT along with Leanne Whippen, who uh, this week is going to be up at the uh, Big 12 Basketball Conference, freezing her blonde hair off up there because she's from Florida yep. and that's in, what, Kansas, Kansas City? City it's cold. Kansas City. I love Kansas City. You don't love it when it's four degrees outside. Not if I'm cooking outside, which I will be, but you know, it's okay. It, it'll be all right. She's, she's ask me next week when I come back with, you know, yeah, frostbite. Stories. <laughs> <laughs> and we're talking with Will Homer today from Painted Hills Natural Beef. Of course, I've been talking about Painted Hills Natural Beef for years, and I hope to keep doing that. Uh, it's really great beef. If you've never tried it, you should find it close. Um, call Will personally and have him send you some. How's that? Yeah, I'm a Wow, that was that was tough. So tell me, do you have what are your largest gross grocery store chains that you sell to that you know? So we kind of know just easily where. Well, everything everything is out here in the northwest primarily. We have a the largest footprint would be a store group called Rose Hours out of Spokane. They're headquartered in Spokane, and so they stretch out to Billings. Bozeman, I can't remember which one's the farthest one out, but I went to Bozeman last summer. And uh, but they come all the way then over here to Vancouver, Washington, kind of scattered around. I think there's 21 of them or something yeah. like that. And then then here in the Northwest, we we really hit a lot of uh, uh, there's a metropolitan markets are kind of high end, highest quality right. store. Right. There's uh-huh. I can't I should tell you there's five of those or six of those. I think market of choice. The market of choice stores we're struggling with right now. We're having a little trouble there. They've decided the story is not important. And so Uh, it's not necessarily, not necessarily all painted hills, but we try to do, I try to be a good enough provider that they can count on me. So Uh the downside is I got a lot of customer, a lot of customer feedback that they don't know and they don't have faith in the store anymore and that's tough that's difficult mm. um and then i have a, there's a large group of independents in the seattle market under the thriftway banner and they get mm-hmm. to operate in the uh natural beef space that whole foods operates in right. without competing directly right. so um so but we you also a lot do of a lot of there. restaurants across the country we do we yeah but restaurant business is so the restaurants make beef go so far um i sell about four thousand pounds of beef a week to d'artagnan in the new jersey you know northeast oh, yes. market and then they mm-hmm. they fedex all over the country because i talked to someone the other day says i was at a resort in san diego the other day and i had a you did so um yeah. mm-hmm. and then i work with my 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 difficult customer in atlanta and he covers the southeast uh with uh into the carolinas and then he skips your country he says there's nobody there i think he does have a location in miami but i don't understand i've tried to go to 
Florida before, and he's like, "Ah, ain't nobody in Florida. We go to, we have something." So I don't know, Leanne. Who knows with this guy? But anyhow, that's food food service. I used to, but that that fell kind of by the wayside. They were really stealing uh, inland seafoods business. It was inland seafoods in Atlanta, and Mm -hmm. and so I worked with Buckhead for a short while, and then uh, Cisco kind of. Uh, they had a lead customer that I don't have any, I have one salesperson, real outside salesperson. And then I have one or two inside salespeople that make phone calls, but I don't have anybody banging the street. I don't have any right. young college interns just turning, burning in a Prius on the street. And so right. that's how those Cisco guys make a living. And those big guys, us foods and such is they need a painted Hills person to go make all the leads and then say, Hey, You're come do this. Right. And mm-hmm. and I don't do that. And so mm-hmm. for me last week when I or week four last when I went to San Francisco was a big thing. And they the the good thing about that was the the director of the the food service program that's right. there, he had it, he was organized. I mean, I was in a car three days and we were on the road and we were in front of folks. The first day I got in the car at eight fifteen and I got out of the car at six thirty and we didn't even stop for a bottle of water. So we were yeah, we were moving mm-hmm. it. So it was good. But um that and I enjoy those, but yet all said and done, you don't sell a whole lot of beef that way. It, you know, and you know, it's a this business is a. I'm going to tell you, we're we're you you might be making a fortune today at ten percent. So someday we're going to be back to half a percent where we were supposed to be. You know, right. and and a half a percent, you don't sell too many seven dollar ribeyes and travel to san francisco (laughs) or nine dollar ribeyes or fifteen dollar ribeyes doesn't matter you don't go to san francisco Uh yeah what's your favorite thing to eat Uh, scallops no i don't know i just (laughs) donuts i got donuts in the car Uh, for you yeah probably that too yeah doesn't know that bread yeah i don't know i went over and did this thing with will last what october september october whenever it was yeah and we took this ride it was a long ride on um, oh yeah atvs it was a great day and saw lots of stuff saw some deer and old abandoned homes and all this stuff this is this is real cowboy country send her a picture of that yeah we over the breaks of the john day it was beautiful it was great so i called him and i said what can i bring he goes well you know we don't get any good bread and they don't. Fossil's a little tiny, <laughs> tiny town. Mm-hmm. You know, what yeah. you got? 300, 300 yeah. people. Mm-hmm. You know, so they don't, wow. you know, you're going to get the pre packaged white breads and standards. Some yeah. Standard mm-hmm. stuff. Franz. So, we have a Franz bakery in Portland. So we are on the end of that line. Yeah. That so I get, mm-hmm. uh, I go to my favorite little independent uh, grocery store. Thriftway sells Painted Hills Natural Beef. Sells Painted Hills. <laughs> but they've got a great bakery. And it's not prefab stuff. They make it all yeah. themselves. They make the frostings and the fillings and all that stuff themselves. So huh. I go by there and I buy a dozen and a half donuts or whatever, which only four of them made it. But um, <laughs> and I bought him all this bread and I and I come into the house and I, I go to the office first and he's there and I bring in this box and I see Trey, his son. Now I haven't seen Trey since he was little, you know, like sixth grade or yeah. something he's married now yeah he grabs that box of donuts for me and he was like a hoover vacuum yeah. <laughs> <laughs> luckily we luckily we made some get to the house but you're and 
Gab liked the breads. Yes. With all the breads. That's good. So that's no. what I do. So that's why when you say I, when he's here and if you hear me say I've got donuts in the car, I went, I stopped by there this morning to, to load him up. And I didn't even eat any. Ah, wow. I didn't eat Bought your eat own any. box. That's how I used to do Krispy No, Krispies. I didn't buy my own box. I used to buy a box for the office and a box for me. <laughs> a box to get me, get me home. And then the box for the office. Say, yeah. Look what I brought you. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. I asked you the question and you dutifully evaded it. Well, you, you said scallops. Yeah. But do you want a piece of meat? Or yeah. Do you want I want a, a piece of beef. What's your favorite piece of beef? To oh, have? gosh. I, you know, I always get stuck in the culotte world, I guess. The culotte's a pretty good piece of meat. Yeah. Um, we, you know, we had flanks speaking. See, I got to sell the flanks. I told you I got 200 boxes of case ready ones. We, we had flanks a while back. We looked on YouTube, figure out how to, we filleted them out. That was a pain in the butt, but we filleted them out, laid them out, filled them full of all kinds of good stuff and ro- and put them on the grill. And oh, wow. It's good. Cause that uh-huh. metropolitan market group I told you about, you know, they want every flank I could ever produce and more. And, and so my dad promised him every flank available years ago when we could only make like 12 a week. Yeah. And even now we can make 25 a week and still I can't get them all, but they need, but any, I was like, why do people eat these flanks? I don't understand. Aren't they chewy? What's the deal? And so. Not if they're cooked right. Yeah, we did good. They were just right. They were, I was, I was shocked. It was good. You know, I did do a few flanks and skirts stuffed on TV yeah. a few times. Yeah. I think you would have probably caught onto that. I right guess. I guess. But I, you know, but see, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say I'm probably just lazy. Um, you know, our Natalie, I mentioned Natalie and she talks about doing promotions and they're always right. into customers want recipes. Well, what's a recipe for cooking meat? Heat. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's all I know. Fire. And then some jar of something, you know, and that's that's fire that's how i cook that's how i cook that's my recipe but, you, ju- but you just made a wonderful roulade out of a a, a flank steak that yeah. would have been a good recipe for yeah you. so we did we worked like hell to try to remember what it is we did okay we did this way we, <laughs> we did this but yeah you're absolutely right we when we got done we went oh wow we worked hard at that because usually we just use heat and it, yeah that was fun it was we did good but, i've, I've uh, seen him out there with a propane torch doing, <laughs> doing that What's yours, Leanne? And don't say brisket. I want to. I want outside of the. It isn't brisket. Um, are you talking meat or just in general? Beef. Lobster's my favorite well, thing yeah. in the world. Beef. Oh, beef. I'm I'm a ribeye girl. There you go. I love ribeyes. You got any more of those splits? Not right now. I'll huh. eat. I'll eat a good porterhouse too. I'm not a fillet girl. Yeah. Um, Why waste? Yeah, that? bone-in ribeye is probably my most favorite cut. There you go. Oh, nice. There you go. Because I like fat. Yeah, that's why she likes me. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) I fulfill her dreams on that level. There there you go. go. There There you go. Absolutely. Fattest flavor. That's perfect. Thin is in, but fat's where it's at. And that's where the consumer is right now is fat. And and even the the gap between certified Angus beef, which is a two thirds. What's not even it's just a choice program, but it's guaranteed choice. Uh Right. The marketability of that today, the gap between that and just choice beef is growing every week it's huge uh-huh. it's crazy uh-huh. so consumers still buying fat so my question of the day and i'm going to get lost here on you a second is as we talk about corn going up and doubling in price and beef getting harder to feed because right. harder to get the fat right is the consumer going to be okay if we strip the cattle back down to select and we strip them back down out of being no. in the in the fat absolutely world? not okay no. so absolutely then so then not. you're going to be okay when the rib steaks go to 27 28 Thirty dollars a pound. Well, most people, 
that I that I I watch and I know and this. Yeah. And if you read, you know, Good Housekeeping or yeah. whatever, they don't go in and buy four hundred dollars worth of meat at one time. Right. They're shopping either for one meal or for the week. Right. And I think that they will accommodate that. Yeah. They might, you know, they might go from beef, whatever it is, three nights a week to two. Right. Something like that, if that. But I don't think they're willing to give up flavor. I really don't. Okay. I, I think that, uh, no. and, and get Leanne's take on this too, but I don't think they're willing to give up the quality and the flavor. See, I'm, I'm trying to figure out whether I need to, I, I still think I got to get the cattle to the same state in six, eight, eight, nine months from now. Right. But I just do, I need to have as many if I have to sell it at 40%. No, you're, ob- you're obviously going to have to, you're going to be selling less, but um, I don't think the consumer is going to sacrifice and, and move to the okay. select grade. Good. No, I don't. I personally don't. Okay. Good. Um, you know, I, it's funny. I'll go shopping with people in a grocery store and they'll look at the steaks, for example, and they'll look at the price on the steak and say, oh, look, this one's only $6.74. Oh, no, here's one that's $8. You know, and they don't understand <laughs> yep. that it's price per pound. They're, they're buying it as a, the big price that sticks out. Yeah. And so a lot of consumers are going by that and they don't even know it's, you know, $18.99 a pound. Yeah. yeah. They, don't know yeah um it it's uh <laughs> again it, you'd think it would be obvious but it's not it's yeah. not obvious people just don't understand yeah no it's it's you remember when we did the demos years ago and you would sell those i used to call them bag of meat yeah okay yeah. like that yep and those weren't the there was nothing wrong with them they right. were fine they right. were choice right but they weren't ribeyes no, there was a, you were we were buying we were selling them clods or something. Anyway, okay. I would go to the counter, and yeah, I was doing it down okay. in Salem for you a couple of times. Anyway, okay. gave it to the butcher. They'd cut it up. They'd cut up some steaks out of it, uh, and they could make some grind out of it. They'd make a couple of roasts to it. I think these things were like uh, whole 12, knuckles, whole knuckles, the old yeah. sirloin tip. Yep. And so they have it used the term sirloin, but it's a knuckle, so it's tough. Yeah. yeah. Okay, gotcha. Okay, mm-hmm. so we would do that. When I would come back a few weeks later, those people all, I would recognize them because they'd always come up and talk to me. They would graduate up to the ribeye or the strips or something. They weren't because they liked it so much. Right. The quality. Right. But when you looked at them, put it in the basket, they weren't taking six of them. Yeah. They were taking two or three or whatever they needed Mm -hmm. for that week. And that's what they were doing. So it was the quality came out in the knuckles, but it generated them up a level as far as cut selection. And I'll stick by that because I saw it hundreds of times. Yeah. And it won't get me to change my mind. Yeah. There's a store group in Salem, the Ross group. I don't want to leave them out. I'll be in trouble. They'll, yeah. <laughs> they'll be the only ones that listen to this podcast and then they'll call me. <laughs> well, that's what I was. That's where I was doing it down there. Was it Ross? Yep. Yeah. On River Road. Yep. There. It's not there anymore. Though. Oh, it isn't. No, that, that one's gone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Cool. And, Sorry, folks, we get off in the local weeds here, yeah. but, but it's true. But I did see that, you know, and my yeah. favorite part, of course, me being the town clown was um, converting vegetarians to try to get, <laughs> get them to eat. Demos were an experience, weren't I, they? I, they were the best way to get people to try Painted Hills, and they were the best marketing we had. We haven't done them for, obviously, COVID years. But we're going to get back to doing that again. They were great. 
And they you can tell are, the story. Yep. You used to send me up to Seattle. I didn't even have to cook, but you yep. could send me to Seattle. And they would, I would stand there and tell them the story while the Metropolitan chefs yep. were slicing them up and putting yep. them on the plate. Yep. You know, like that. And I can tell you that some of the, Leanne, I don't know if you've ever done these like this, but they would have these big events at these big, big stores and for like holidays. So they would have, um, they would have chocolatiers there. They would have wineries. Oh, yeah. They would have uh, every, and it was just row. You just walked yeah. around the store and were all these posts. Couldn't eat enough. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I noticed that on a few of them that they were, they were going by the wine guy who was two tables down for me. Yeah. You know, and then they came and got a piece of shrimp or something. Then they came to us and they got some beef and then they went and got a piece of chocolate. Yeah. And then I'll be damned if about four minutes later, they weren't making that part of the loop again. <laughs> you know, they were having dinner. So, awesome. so we had some devoted fans. Oh, there. yeah. It's awesome. It's fun. What's the biggest pain in the ass in your job? Besides me? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, we are owned by seven ranchers and they're all just, they're cowboys. and. And they're fed all kinds of outside information about box beef price and the market and all these things that that that's all they understood. They didn't really they didn't really come along with the business. Right. And so every board meeting we have to do a lot of re education. And that's tough. That's a hard gig. It's it's gotten a lot better than it had been in the past, but re education is difficult. And so it is what it is. It is what it is. We do it. We charge ahead. Outside of that, right now, I'm in a fix. I'm in a pickle. Uh, I get asked to predict the future a lot because we used to live in a business that cattle were 85 bucks fat live. Right. And they went up two bucks in a year. And it was everything kind of could work underneath this umbrella. And now they go up four bucks in a week. And there's just more costs, more numbers. And so I get asked to set hamburger pricing, trim pricing for long term because folks like Leanne go, man, I can't change my menu with the price going up and down. I want you to stand up. Can you stand up behind this price? And you go, well, yeah, sure I can because you know the next guy walks in the door and says he can. So so I get I get this, okay, I'll print this letter up and I'll hold it through the end of the year like I know what the hell I'm talking about or I'll hold it through the next two months. Or So in January 25th, I my pricing had fallen behind. I was behind the ability to leave it behind by about 20 cents a pound, right? So I said, okay, we're going to create a letter that says in the next four months, I'm going to raise the price 40 cents a pound. I think that'll be fine. Well, the price since has gone up 65 cents in two weeks. And I stand here today being the cheapest hamburger on the market. And I've got several food service guys, even though they're a small part of our business, they burn a lot of that trim and they're all asking for the moon. They all want three times more trim than I can provide. And they all want it yesterday because I'm 50 cents a pound cheaper than their standard trim right. to their sales guys. Well, Will, we can convert them all today. This will be the best thing ever. I'm literally taking a $1,000 bill and tacking it to the outside of every 2,000-pound combo bin a trim that goes out the door. Am I supposed to stay there? Am I supposed to save my voice, save my word and say, yeah, well, well, this is what Will said. Or am I supposed to call these guys up and say, you know what? You got painted hills on the menu. You got painted hills on the wall. I know you're a great customer of mine, but by the way, you got to give me 50 cents a pound more. Can you split the difference? What good does that? That means I send you with a $500 check instead of a five, instead of thousand. 
Well, that's basic math. You save 500. Well, I guess. <laughs> well, you know. How and, do you do and, that? And, and, you know, they, they have to raise their prices accordingly, too, uh, if, yeah. if, in fact, they want to keep the brand. I mean, I, I've worked with companies that they didn't have a choice. I mean, they want to give me the best price, but they didn't have a choice. They had to raise it X amount of cents per pound. Yeah. And I had to ultimately make the decision. Do I pass it on to the consumer? Uh, because basically if you raise it, it's kind of a wash for me, you know, as far as profit or do I move on to something else? And, and those are the decisions that have to be made. You know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's difficult, but it's business. See, cause she has options. Yeah. But I don't have options. No. No. So well, you can grow scallops. I know. Yeah, I know. It's a different, it's a different, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah, I want to move the risk out of my, right now I hold all the risk and, and I want to move the risk either off my boat or I want to get, make it more profitable to be doing it. And I don't know how to do that yet. So in recent years, there's been this rage of tallow, beef tallow. So obviously it's the rendering of beef fat or whatever. Yes. Um, do you find that you're able to use what I don't even know what you do with the fat that you cut off the cow. Um, but do you find that can, you can actually make a profit on that now since it is in demand and it's not cheap? No. Or our, does it have to go through a certain process in order to get into those tubs of beef? Well, I'd have, to dis- I'd have to establish a market for that, right? I'd have to establish someone to sell it to. Or I would put it all the money into one of these. You see it in glass jars. Yep. All the money's got to be in the processing in the glass jars. But anyhow... My tallow right now goes on a credit from the plant and the, and the overall value of tallow um, in the nation is, is high because fuel's high and they use that tallow in jet fuel for the military and it's all floated higher because of that value. So, so yes, it's all better because of the fuel price and all, but what you're asking me is, yeah, we went through a little run of that tallow business here uh, a couple years ago, and I had customer ask me for fat out of the plant, and the plant's not built built to capture fat, but they can capture uh, a kind of a fat item, a fifty fifty trim item in a combo that's tested. And so we took to, it took us nine months to finally get a code to finally get a combo bin, and by the time we got the combo bin to the customer, it was too big for him to work with. But he took it. But then by the time he got ready to take the second one, he went out of business. So it just, and I probably did it for zero. I probably did it for no profit. I probably did it. I paid, I paid Uh a guy 15 uh cents a pound to ship it there. I paid, I paid for cold storage. I did all this stuff. I do this with hearts and livers right now. I, I work with a dog food guy that livers have a tendency to leak before they get frozen and the box turns bloody and i've i've worked with a guy now that two of the three shipments i tried to make the the boxes don't suit some warehouse manager somewhere and they throw pallets of livers away and so you're trying to do this for a penny a pound or two pennies a pound really i'm a i'm a i'm a guy who tries to make everybody feel good right Right. i'm gonna do it because this is the right thing to do and in all reality, I'm just paying to be in business with this guy. I'm done. I need to be done with that. I, I need. It's just. It's just. A, it's just a waste. Did of I time. hear you correctly that beef tallow is used in jet fuel? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They make That's it. Amazing. They take it. They burn. They cook it down and they add it to. It's in the military. I think Tyson did the program with them years ago, and they they use it yeah. in jet fuel. Yeah. Because it burns hot for the military. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got to get out of here. Will, thank you. You bet. Thank you. I always enjoy this. Miss Leanne, yeah, thank, thank you. you. 
It's always yeah. fun. And folks, uh, we'll be back next week with another edition of uh, What's My Line? No, uh, Barbecue Nation. <laughs> and uh, here... <laughs> And we enjoy it when you listen. Um, remember our motto, turn it, don't burn it. So go out and have some fun, cook something, and take care of everybody. <laughs>